And now for something purposely positive. Welcome to Strive to Thrive, the Purposely Positive Podcast, brought to you by TonyWCoaching.com, where your greatest success is right in front of you. This is Tony Wexler, your host, and on this podcast, we talk about positive issues to bring positive content into the world. So I'm going to take you back in time. It is October 3rd, 1789. What happened on that day was President George Washington issued his Thanksgiving proclamation in where he dedicated this Thursday as a day of thanks. And that's how Thanksgiving was born. But what exactly is Thanksgiving about? Well, I think it's about thankfulness and gratitude and gratefulness. Now, these words come from an old Latin word, gratis, which means pleasing thankful, and a feeling of appreciation or a similar response. So I really think that it's so important for us to show gratitude and appreciation in our life. Now, my definition of appreciation is to recognize with gratitude. And when we are truly grateful for something and appreciate something, it gives something an important value. And the fastest way to put yourself in a good mood or radiate good energy vibration is to practice appreciation. Now, when you're thankful, you are on a high vibrational frequency. And knowing that you can't vibrate two different energies at the same time, if you're vibrating gratitude, you're not going to be vibrating negativity. But there's so much more. Because if you were an accountant, somebody in real estate or finance, there's another definition of appreciation. And that is that it grows in value. And this is a deeper reason because anything that we appreciate in life will send out a call to give you more. So with all that in mind, I have a special guest today who has had many experiences in her life, and she wants to share those with you. Now, my friend, Faith, isn't that a great name for someone who's going to talk about gratitude? But we grew up not too far from each other, I being in Rochester, New York, and she grew up in a suburb of Buffalo called Pembroke. We kind of had a little bonding through that, had a great discussion. And when I found out about some of the stories in her life, I thought she would be a great guest. So Faith, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited to share a little bit about myself and my story and just why I come from gratitude every single day when I wake up. So it was said I'm from a small country town in Pembroke, New York. Um, There's about 76 people in my graduating class. So for people to see me now and see me online now, it's kind of shocking a little bit. You know, I didn't come from anything. So everything I've done in my life, I've, I've done and I've made of myself. I think the biggest move, uh, I did real estate in New York for about 10 years, but the biggest move of being grateful for pushing through fear was when I came to California for vacation. I ended up running a place on the fifth day and drove back three weeks later. I definitely saw opportunity, um, obviously the weather, but I knew that something bigger was here for me than, than anything that was back home. So I went for it. So grateful I was able to push through fear. Fast forward about five years ago, you know, everything in your life happens for a reason. And I really take all the experiences that have ever happened in my life and childhood and traumas and really have done something with them. I think there's a reason why 
certain people go through things so that they can share their story and help other people. And so five years ago, I was driving to my client's house down the street from where I am right now in uh, Rancho Santa Fe, California, um, in San Diego. And uh, I was in a really bad car accident. You know, at the time, I couldn't realize why it happened. I was go, go, go. I was working at the time when I moved uh, to California. I went back to school to help animals. I got out of real estate. I was like, I want to do something fulfilling with my life and help animals. And so I was so go, go, go all the time. I had started a part-time business doing, you know, pet sitting overnights and working 10, 12 hours at the hospital and just really not taking care of myself and just really living to work and not working and living. You know, that accident changed everything in my life. Um, I could sit here with all the health issues that have happened after and be very bitter and angry, or I can be grateful and appreciate the growth and the lessons that I've learned along the way. Um, And so I was in that accident. I had a brain injury and, you know, multiple back and neck injuries, lung issues, all that stuff. And then a year after that, um, my immune system shut down Uh, about three and a half years ago. I almost died. I was in kidney failure and liver failure and it was a mess, like a total mess. Yes. You know, and, um, well, I mean, you know, here are all these things. Number one, you're leaving where you were comfortable because you had lived out here and New York state and all the way and not just moving a few States away. You're all the way on the other side of the country. So your family and everything is all here. And now you're out there, which is beautiful. I mean, I, I don't blame you. California is just a beautiful place and where you are and everything. But yeah, so you go to make this positive change in your life. You start this business. And again, that's another area that you and I are very similar. We both have a passion for animals and helping animals and you love doing that. And you found a career doing this. And then this accident happens. So, well, let me backtrack a little bit. Tell me a little bit more about, you know, what happened there. I'm sure people listening might be wondering, you know, this was no ordinary fender bender. Not at all. And actually, um, after this accident, there is now signage and there is now blinking lights. And there had been many accidents at this intersection, but um, young 19 year old kid driving his mom to go get pictures at the country club. And it was a two-way stop and he pulled out in front of me. I was going 35 into the intersection. I was in the intersection almost and um, didn't even have time to stop. And he pulled out, he thought it was a four-way stop. And so I T-boned him um, going 35. And that's pretty much the last thing I remember besides my car being all the way up to the front, right where I was and me being stuck in it. It was, it was crazy. Like it happened so fast. And that's what, you know, people in accidents, I always thought, you know, oh, I'd be able to brace myself or oh, I'd be able to stop. And all I, all the last thing I remember is lock my arms. That's all I did. It was lock my arms and just hit. Cause that's all I could do. And, and then yeah, you woke I, up in the hospital, I assume. Yeah. Well, I woke up, I, this is the, this is the good part. So, you know, San Diego firemen are known to be extremely attractive. So when I first woke up the first time from my stupor they were trying to keep me awake because I was unconscious and and I was looking around like oh my gosh there's like five attractive firemen around me is this a dream like what happened I thought I got in a car accident so (laughs) so needless to say I was escort you know escorted you know to the hospital by the best yeah I was and then I was in um I was in intensive care in the brain trauma unit for like five days um I started walking about a weekend and Mm -hmm. here we are another area of similarity in that uh my daughter also has traumatic brain injury. When she was nine years old, she was riding a bicycle and she was hit by a car. Now, this is the first time I'd heard this part of the story, but she was also hit by a 19-year-old kid without much. So that was, uh, yeah, it's interesting how these little synchronicities are kind of weaving in through this uh, conversation. 
the interesting part about a brain injury is then you have to learn to do everything all over again. Yeah. And it wasn't even, you know, if you looked on a scan, it'd be like, okay, it's a decent injury, you know, not too bad, but the repercussions that happened a year later when I got stressed and the bacteria came out of the, you know, cause the bacteria encloses. And if you, you know, slowly leaks out over 10 years, that's why I say, you know, up to 10 years, you can have brain relapse. Um, yes. and yeah, just, it's just crazy that something like that can trigger your immune system to the event and extreme that I had. So, so fast forward now. So how many years after the brain injury was your other incident with the uh, kidney and liver failure? Yeah, it was about a year later. I started, I started getting really tired and to the point where I was falling asleep, driving to work, I'm like, something's wrong with me. I'm just really tired, tired all the time. Um, I was getting really bad migraines all the time. Uh, I had woken up with vertigo and that went on for a couple months and my eye was flicking randomly. And, you know, and then I started getting like, I started feeling kind of anxious, but I'm not an anxious person, which now knowing it was a heart condition and just like a snowball effect. And it just, things kept happening and I kept trying to go, okay, this is just, this is just something happening. I'm stressed at work and it'll go away and it'll go away. And then I remember I was helping with a patient. I was lifting a dog and I went to sit down at my desk and all of a sudden I thought I was having a heart attack. Like there was pain shooting down my left arm. And it's so interesting when you work for somebody and how they react to sickness or how they react to disease. And I remember the other supervisor looked over at me and I was like, I think I have to go to the hospital. I think I'm having a heart attack. And she's like, well, can't you wait a half an hour? You're almost done with your shift. Wow. And it was like a light bulb went off in my head. I've been busting my butt for a year. You know, when I came back from my injury, I was like crawling along the wall, trying to work. Like people would, you know, come down the hallway, doctors and staff, and I'd stand up and just be like, I'm just a little tired. You know, I'm just a little tired. Mm -hmm. I got to keep going. So looking back now, I, I obviously put myself first in every situation. And I'm so grateful for my health because I really got clear that if we don't have our health, we can't have anything in our lives. That is a huge, huge message out there. If we don't have that and we have to take care of our bodies. And you also said something earlier about working to live. And I really thought that was profound. You were on a roll, so I didn't want to stop you, but I thought (laughs) that was like, perfect. You want to repeat that? Yeah, I would love to. So, and there's so many people and that's why I'm such a stand for, for people really finding their passion and, and, and working just to, you know, just because it's fun, Mm -hmm. not having to live to work, not getting up every single day. And that's what you look forward to is going to an office or going to a job, like Mm -hmm. having a life and being with your family and the people you love and your friends and just life has to have fun every day. And that's yes. people ask me, you know, what, what happened? I was bedridden for four months. They asked me like, what was the thing that shifted? What, how did you start getting better? Because that day prior, I was told I was going to start chemotherapy the next week. And, you know, I, I was, I was, they didn't know what was going to happen. And that was the only thing to do to stop my immune system from attacking myself. And I was diag- that's when I was diagnosed with the lupus. And, you know, I tell people every day I have fun. I'm so appreciative for life that that's the first thing. It's like, we have one life, like let's have fun. And, you know, happiness and joy and be really, just be really conscious of your environments and who you're around. And and that does include work. A lot of people don't understand that. It's like, yes, it brings money in, but there's so many ways to bring money in these days that you don't have to do something you don't let, you don't love to do. You can find something that you love to do. And I advise people, you know, in my coaching, I, that's one of the things that I do. I find people who are, who are stuck in that rut of, I get up, I go to work every day and I'm just, 
living to pay the bills. I'm living to put food on the table, but I'm not really living. And I need to do something different. I need to find my purpose, my passion. And, you know, I talk to people all the time and we sit down and we, we put together a plan for that. So in your case, you had a series of events in your life, which pointed you in the direction of like, I need to make this plan. Your attitude and your an attitude really is everything. And you did have an attitude of gratitude because you were so happy that you had made it through all this. And I just see this person who's vibrant, who's excited, who's got passion for living. And now tell us what you do now for your, so for your life. Now, yeah. So COVID definitely changed things up quite a bit at the end of February. Uh, I lost two businesses that I had. One of them was in-home nursing care for animals. Uh, after I came off disability, I started that business. So I th- literally the night before, because I, c- I had to resign at 12.01 a.m. And I'm sitting there at 11.50 going, what am I going to do? And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go for it. I'm going to start a business. I'm going to I'm gonna you know cook for myself every day and, and go to work out and, walk, and do the things I want to do throughout my day. And at that time, I was still healing. So, you know, I had to do that. But yeah, that happened. And once again, in my life, I feel like I was proud for it. I was like, all right, what, what am I trying to learn here? These things are being taken away, but yeah. So now I'm a legal bank robber. And so I teach and coach other people how to trade in the markets. I share financial education. Uh, I think it's pretty special. I never even knew it existed at all. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I got really clear when I lost those businesses, okay, you can't have a business, you have to have some form of income coming in that's not uh, attached to things. So say, you know, I had a service-based business, I had a nutrition-based business. Well, if people don't have money, they can't afford to take care of themselves. And so I got really passionate about not only myself recouping and, and, you know, redoing everything because when the market crashes, I make money. When it goes up, I make money. So I don't care what the market does right now. I can do whatever it wants to do. I'm still gonna make money. But not only that is helping others make money in their homes. I mean, I'm in San Diego. I think you guys, anybody on here that's, you know, from California or have heard what's going on here. It's, it's not great. We're in another lockdown. This is the third one since March. Who knows when this is all going to end and we could sit here and we could play victims and be like, oh my gosh, this is happening. Or we can do something and be like, okay, what are we being taught here? Where, Mm -hmm. where should my life refocus? And that's exactly what I did when it happened. I was Mm -hmm. like, all right, I almost died you know, three years ago, let's do this. What, what's what's going to happen now and, and refocus. And I love it. So you got to refocus and start up a whole new thing that you had no idea existed out there. So really yeah. you adapted, learned some new skills and you're pressing on. Sounds like you're doing great. Yeah, I am. And you know, what's great too, is the whole living to work thing is that, you know, I love animals and I've been in this field now 11 years and, you know, my background was neurology. So I dealt with a lot of sick patients. I love the fact that I, a month ago, decided not to take any new clients when I reopen because I have the freedom to be with my loved ones and to travel safely right now. And whenever I want to, mm-hmm. you know, I book trips two days before I go, but now I'm able to take care of the, my favorite for clients. I call them when I want to, right. I don't need to do it for money. I do it because I want to do it. And so I think that's another really special part of everything mm-hmm. is doing something because you want to, not because you need to. Exactly. And that is a beautiful way to live your life, doing things that you want to, not because you need to. And I think a lot of people out there, they get up and go to work because they need to. Not that we're not grateful to have our jobs, because again, um, the program today is about thankfulness and gratitude. The day this program is first airing is actually Thanksgiving Day 2020. 
people are sitting down or preparing to sit down for their Thanksgiving dinners, be with their families. And really, I love how Thanksgiving is a family-related dinner because although this year there may not be as many families together as there were last year because of all the uh, restrictions in New York State, we have some crazy restrictions over here. Oh, but I've heard. <laughs> the, yes, the fact that we we have families to be together with because there are people out there that don't have those families in ways they have to be grateful and show their thankfulness for the things that they do have because they are breathing. We are living. And that is the first thing I think we need to be thankful for. Uh, when we get up every morning, thankful for another day to grow another day to learn and another day to show our appreciation for God, the universe, however you believe that's really a dynamic way to live your life. But then when you have these other things in your life, like family, like my, my animals, I, I have cats. <laughs> I have three cats and I'm grateful for them every day, even though sometimes they're a pain in the butt. Hey, they're cats. You never know what's going to happen with them. They're either, they could be super friendly and wacky in the next minute, but you know, I mean, there's people like that too. So <laughs> that's true. And at least animals, you know, I won't go down that, uh, go down that <laughs> rabbit hole. Uh, forgive the pun there. When we're talking about animals. So what would you say is the thing that you're the most grateful for in your life right now? The most grateful is besides my health, because that's always something for me is technology. Because without technology, with the situation that's happening, we wouldn't be able to connect. Like think of the Zoom calls and the FaceTimes. And I mean, you're not able to physically be with your loved ones, but I've, I've had plenty of game nights and fun things with my friends and actually connect and talk to more of my friends than I ever have during this. Because I think everyone's realizing like, wow, life's short. Anything can happen at any time. Like don't take it for granted seeing someone in person. Um, I'm grateful for social media. You know, a lot of people are, are having a negative social media experience. And what I tell those people is be careful of your communities. If you go on my page, my pages across my forums, they're happy, they're positive. There's a lot of positive things happening on them. But I, I love that part of technology that I can share my word and be a light for others when it's so dark right now. And so I think you know, health's always the go-to. I always say health, but I'm going to have to say the technology, social media, anything, anything tech, tech right now. It's interesting that you brought that up too, because social media now, I mean, one of the reasons why I started up this podcast and call it the Purposely Positive Podcast is because I want to bring positive content out there to the world. And you see so much negativity out there on social media. But I find in some of the communities that I belong to right now, and it's a lot of these self-growth and self-education communities, you know, the communities that we belong to together, these communities just are very positive and they really believe in this whole attitude of gratitude and believe in giving thanks for everything that we have in our life every day. And that's something that we can really appreciate. So with that in mind, uh, if you could turn back time and that's one of those questions that everybody wants to say or wants like, to think about next. <laughs> yes. Like the old share song from like the 1980s. If I could that turn automatically back. Click. Yeah, it, it does. It yeah. does. It does. And you just see Cher, you know, in that crazy outfit she had on in the video with her dark permed hair singing. If I could turn back time, if you could turn back time and talk to your 18 year old self, 
what would one piece of advice that you would tell her be? Oh my gosh, this is so good. Um, I would definitely tell her that it's just fear that you're feeling and you're not going to die and to push through it. It's not, you're not going to get hurt. You're not going to die and go for things. Um, I just recently uh, put a post up when I was 19. It's a crazy story. I was 19 years old. I was waitressing at TGI Fridays, typical 19 year old job, you know, dropping out of college, typical another, job. Another place my daughter worked at. More <laughs> synchronicity. Gotta love it. That's amazing. And uh, I was waitressing and they had just started to open up Starbucks. It was, it, it was just, you know, I'm not going to age myself, but it was just starting in Buffalo. And the big wigs came in and I waited on them. And they said, what are you doing Tuesday? And I'm like, um, I don't know, I'm not working. They're like, we want to interview you for a position. And I was like, okay. So I went in, ended up being a general manager position. Mind you, just dropped out of college, only had about not even a year of college in me, right? Just they loved my service. They said, you can, we can work with this. You don't need school. Okay. So got offered that, got offered shares of the company, got offered a very hefty salary of like back then 45,000 was a big salary and um, other sales type things. And I would have been managing five stores. So I went back home and literally over the next two days, I talked myself out of it. I was like, they're never going to listen to a college dropout. They're never going to, I'm too young. They won't respect me. I'm a female. It's pretty much all males were going to be where I was going to be working with. And I, at the time just didn't have that confidence I have now looking back. I mean, multi, multi-millionaire, I could be sitting here right now. But I love that experience. And I love thinking back on that experience, because even at that age, I was offered opportunities that I just wasn't ready for. It just wasn't my time and my journey to, to, you know, capitalize on them, but definitely fighting through fear. You know, it's, it's interesting. I learned something on a, you know, physiological level is that, you know, when you, you have this big decision to make, or you're going for something or that promotion, or you want to talk to your boss, or you want to start a business and you get this sick feeling in your stomach, like, oh my gosh, I call that my go button now. Cause every time that happens, it's go time. Like I got to do something. It's not going to be, you know, it's going to be uncomfortable, but all that is, is your body, your blood rushing to your head and you're lacking blood in your gut because you're overthinking. And so when you think of it on a physiological standpoint, is that nauseous, sick feeling is just your body adjusting to protect your brain and help your brain. And so once I got clear with that, when that feeling comes, I'm like, all right, it's go time. I'm going to have to do something. Um, But I think a lot of people, that's something that would stop you. That Mm -hmm. fear would stop you. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm sick. I feel sick. This isn't right. I shouldn't Mm -hmm. do this. My body's telling me no. And it's like, no, your body's helping your brain right now because you can't stop overthinking. (laughs) So yes, if it's a reaction, Mm-hmm. If it's a reaction yeah. to overthinking it, that, that definitely makes perfect sense, especially from a physiological standpoint. We do have to uh, understand sometimes our body does give us certain warnings when it comes to fear, but that's that would be for a whole other episode. Uh, there's a book right. out there that I read by Gavin DeBecker called The Gift of Fear, but that talks about a little different kind of fear. It's like when something just doesn't seem right. It's not intuitive fear. Yeah, intuitive fear. Exactly. And you, we have to know the difference between the intuitive fear and the fear w- that we are causing in our own bodies by having that physiological response that you described. So mm-hmm. that's a great uh, that's a great answer. 
your whole life may have been different now. It definitely would have been different now, but maybe in a way you wouldn't be where you are today if you hadn't made that decision the way that you did. So oh, absolutely. I, I don't, I probably would have never came to California and had all these amazing experiences and learned so much about so many different areas of life, you know, coming from a, you know, a smaller area, it's not limit. I mean, yeah, I guess limited mindset in a way, you know, it's just everyone does their thing and that's how we, we all grew up and that's what we know. And coming 2,600 miles across this, the country, people thought I, there was something up with me anyway, you know, um, but now they understand why. So what would be your biggest tip for making the world itself a better place? Oh gosh, just more love and compassion, you know, and, and anyone that's a healer out there, go and heal and be yourself, you know, don't be scared to be positive right now. Don't be scared to spread your word. Never be scared to share your story. Um, be vulnerable. There's a lot of people that need, need us right now. And I think some are very, you know, concerned about what others think. And at the end of the day, if, if more people didn't care what others thought and really were able to fully express themselves, imagine what would happen if we all took responsibility for ourselves and like just loved on people more, wow. you know, accepted them for who they are. Cause we're all, so we're all the same. We all bleed the same. We're all human at the end of the day, but we're all so unique. If we could just grab each other's strengths and, and focus on those and help others with weaknesses, like, oh my gosh, the world, it'd be amazing. the world would be a beautiful and amazing place. I totally yeah, agree. So let me ask you then if people at this point in time were intrigued about some of the things that you're doing now and they wanted to reach out to you, get in touch with you, maybe learn how they could become a legal bank robber, which I think that's a hilarious name. <laughs> but if they wanted to get into financial trading that you do and maybe make a little bit of money from home, maybe make a lot of money from home, uh, get to the point where they're comfortable in their life. Uh, how would they reach out to you? Yes. So you can reach out to me either on my Facebook, it's Faith Anderson, and then just put San Diego um, or Instagram. I'm unique, U-N-I-Q-U-E, Cali, C-A-L-I, Chick, C-H-I-C. And I also have a website, envisionfreedomtoday.com. And that's being built right now. So envisionfreedomtoday.com. Okay. And it might not be up there yet, but uh, depending on when you're listening to this, uh, check that out. But it's, uh, it's Faith Anderson in San Diego. Yep. And you have, to, I guess there's a lot of me. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, uh, you have to make sure we find the right one. So well, I'll post a link in the strive to thrive page on Facebook too. And that's that way. If people want to look you up that way through this, they can do that. So this has been fun today. Uh, I'm going to close with one more question for you today. And this is something that I try to ask most people who are on the show. And that's the simple question. What does being purposely positive mean to you? Purposely positive mean to me, happiness. Simple answer, but great. So this story that you've uh, shared with us today is, I mean, I just think it's so amazing. I remember you you had done a Facebook live and you told a little bit about that. And the minute I heard you tell that story, I said, I'm going to have to have her on my podcast to tell this because, you know, it's such an inspiration to people because you went through all these things in your life that would have sent most people down the negative path, uh, that path to uh, self-destruction, maybe uh, self-pity, but yet you picked yourself up 
and you move forward and you had gratitude in your life, you showed appreciation for all of the good things in your life and you were able to take things to the next level and look at you now, you've got this great big glowing smile on your face and I wish people listening could see that, but I think they can hear that in your voice. So Faith Anderson, thank you so much for being on the show today and uh, let's get together again real soon. Sounds great, thank you so much. And you've been listening to Strive to Thrive, the purposely positive podcast brought to you by TonyWCoaching.com, where your greatest success is right in front of you. I'd like to thank you for joining me today, and I hope that you have gratitude right now in your heart. But you know, if you're going through something in your life and you're striving hard and you really want to be thriving, come to the website, TonyWCoaching.com, download my free ebook, Strive to Thrive, and we can start you on the road to thriving and a more grateful lifestyle. You have a great day and happy Thanksgiving to you.